We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Keolagas Cora on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Le Niklas O'Brenon. The Falter of Village Story, the Cure of Escora, Radio Public Car, Kilkenny, Hock the Hock, Printy Shop, FM. His Federation Lesson Clark, Shogok Sahar, Narinate Log, Oxarisha, and Lunar in Eight Log. Well, Kirabit Falter of Mihola, David, Margin Shaw, Ogase Taga Harnash, a Riesling. Her Margin Beg Mihola, Korshis, Ernestgelta Tots, and the Paw Perry. August Namin, Commissarade, Commissarade, Free Lawyer. Well, Dini, talk for Corla County Kilkenny. Plan a fiho shilta kuig blina. Miller Margin, Tafri Paimanaka Sharavishi on Corla Mary Manhollin at Bekshia Kaintum Fian Clan Shin. While also day, Kuil Briggs at the Uremanish, Ta Diffrik the Noa, Taka Ergum, Ermagin, Agus Bekshana Kalig, Bowled and Parliament of Europe, a kindling, Lesh the Dushlan at Ta Aguing Anish. You're very welcome to another day's broadcasting on Community Radio Kilkenny City. We're here every Saturday morning with Kyolaga Skoro at 9 o'clock and it's repeated on Monday mornings at 9 o'clock. Well, we welcome back Mihala Dirmida back to the programme this morning after a short but well-earned break. And in his piece this week, Mihal touches on some of the issues from the newspapers, radio and TV over recent weeks. And following a consultation process, Kilkenny County Council recently launched a new five-year anti-social behaviour strategy. Joining me this morning to discuss the new strategy is Mary Mulholland, Director of Services at Kilkenny County Council. The Brexit has now happened and our relationship with our closest neighbour Britain has changed in many ways. Joining me this morning to discuss how Europe is coping with new arrangements is Ireland's South MEP Sean Kelly. Well, Moss Bean Lattis Feather, Fogra Kurkum, Erin Taxback.com, Ever 086 that's our text line. Always feel free to drop us a line. My brickest to Tony Agusinirin is Shadwick's, Samairi Chadwick's, Donarik, Don Clarshaw. As always, we appreciate the help of Chadwick's uh, with this program, and indeed, we thank Chadwick's uh, who are working hard at this particular time. Of course, uh, orders can be delivered from Chadwick's at this particular time as well. So just ring them up. August Mabrikas, Steve Shalok Desha, Don Tokik, Don Stashin Show. We very much appreciate the support of you, our listeners, to our station at this time, I suppose always, but especially at this time uh, during the uh, pandemic. August Anisha, Mihal, Dimida, Falta Harnash, Vihil, August Anmajin Show, Beg Nihil, Akurshis, Arnishkil, Testa, Insnapa Peri, August Namin, Komrasade, Freelaher. Constoshi Vakarda, Tommy Arash, Liverish, Dunvlin, New August, Guim, Avlin, Fe Hainus, Fe Washiyev, August Gamorvor, Grev, Avlin, Slon, Grev, Martoshin, Halavet, Hart, Nalandasa, August, on Covid, a Bagarton in Cornice, Gale, and Amaravi, Reeve, on Scale Moravi, Mela Fubble, Erechna Sierra, now. Conus Maravi Corsi Dolinolcus, Madrele Covid, Nadeog, August Bavoran through a shin. Mar Endina Vina a Lanunt on Graf, and Graf of Vina on Jellyfish. Vigachro de Gubra, August Vina 
Bin hivrucher shees, nilim kun dolish stocks ne hivrucher fe naum sho. Ach bin a hivrucher kart glor, gus nila vanilla sundina, ek thologa, ek thologa an a kovija. Ach an shin vi kursi a rihna nologa, gus tuguk fuish of dus nadina, bula lekela, gus stolem goyinchid nav him just na kunila kagus. Bidder mi hurmachagus, while Takursi go hufasuk dona nishagus, Tabuela on Lachme Glor Lapacha, and the Snazina Boktagus, Tommy's herbish fairhunch, on Juchig, on Lyser in Naum. Acharenos, Shinmaravia, Vishkevian, Shinman Skelu Fasuk, Agustafos, Agus. The Queen of Day, a big galore coil, a hospital, con ara hortus and dina, August Gmerk Lapacha galore, and August Gmerk Doctori, August Banal Tree, August Locked Laish galore, and Martashit Sun, a falling freshen in Lahan Hora, August Tashi de Moel. Ach Nila Dena were going, Ach Vehegrius talk, August a Vekurmach, Tasa going. No real at all, Augustashit, simply galore, a clearish no real. Scale more and a stock of ye male fobler in Norvime, Norvian and Syrian and Nologogging, Gusgachodna, and Brexit, no one vratemacht. August Maradort, Johnson, let's do Brexit, no. Diary Glacierino, Diary Tata Brexit no and Rathenwa Kurri Griach. Vianachid Kurugus Kuitavurgus, Vianachid Aragona, Agus Lanchia Raigus, Vidal, a plagus, a Kaintugus, a Kadr of Gudenox and Ia, Hanahas, our Hokuru Egan Terrenos. Marle Mountain Hern is Doka Neil Locked East Corrector or Hasta. You have locked these characters off the reeve, the le, course senior, one gedlar, whom are a stock on, and you stock enough for the cotton nefania reeve, Augustrea Jar of Nietzsche, the fault cotton nefania fellar, or canirid. August, uh, a will emanate around Dina and model a coursey tash, logus coursey umper ari stock, Gusamachas and here. An konas konas ibroish shina mach. Agus klasimit skelt o huskat natiranish goil gantnas akridus nshelfnas nhal varagi. Agus fuan nil na loktorash no na hendaktori nitits rohast le kursi felahar. Agus tigin shidanish nachwel. On Tushkart, Nishimar and Shlokas Eodar Fadarin looked in a bratana, Shishin Mata Padarin a co. Gurkumel Leshna Hendukt, Gurkumel Leshna and the Craven looked Craven, no conservatives, Gurkumel Leshna no Horash Tigus looked in Nandoktori, Satushkart, Agasnash Nichis Kun. Ein rot spesielt er kan være fælt af, altså tigen tigen en hendoktori er sin fænomen. Altså 
Minustikum kati yuhi gasson. Agasono shkel mur vile legeni America agasato alani unchoroi gahen law on Trump agas femara harla nil lakshe le tori an tawakhan agas tawabuela undan den lahas agas an spraga hortse hukse da loktlan una tawshe ona dan realtish agas de bufasa kan roerke shin an angelifish gravdina bruish jacha agas zid aramha agas zid trader agas an kuigara for vas sekirebe harla shdige as a capital August um, Trump a Hogan Sprague the way of Tort Fenoid August Nish Ashe Hidribloid Peter Gunenfi Ton Shu Ersh in Foklnua Olamias Ladini Shishin Ton Shu impeachment of Toshinalan to Reich Velaher Trump more evil took no more victim more the horror Christian brush talking to do to look talking to analyze again I was going to say on to selling and so on airing on Medina to a tour talking to August I tell you less I was a credit a credit good don't go out to go good on talk on oak to run off the week it was not worse fair play more there is no now for she caught on the thing Ach, arenos dreads li agus vi de chuige de chuige gudine kurts na in naanheid na nivores finish ar be grev grev biogasio jente ar trumps and some tawakhan. Agus de kuple laanus and sahanering hanskeel moor a sash dorfe na antoorske na na hunnig vi ag na maharach agus na lani na lani a rúgu chanéaring le bíog na céad blín anuas is na na tíhisha agus dus na minán achra posta agus an mión is tocha vi aon an úrsin gu gurfi ban vi a gúmpar tlinge isteach gí kaundas na hajtan isteach agus an sinur a vioch an páistiki go dog fian past uhi agus go gurfi ar altrumus ein no bejor e uktu uktu session adoption no ar altrumus in chafastridge agus dalan on dina honi honi treden goras shin agus kurak fe agalavid on radio agus kind fan tourish ga honi ga mach agus an shin kurshe on agus awltukt ar gwyna an meid sin dus na pashti bjogr sin a fwr bas an rata bas vish e kohart sin e gomparaid dash an rata bas sa gana heil agus kofra kishin a chur kain fag vwr an irid san dina bas agus stok an miw aside a bwanach as na mahar a kofain mar an fokl hafisa veil an oorsin illegitimacy shesin nachrefsi jlachach an jli gref an jli brishti ag na maharach asan a rev pashti akut hefamudin bosa 
We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Kyolagas Kora on Community Radio, Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. La Niklas O'Brenon. Well, the dog for color country clinic does he plan a fee at Hoshilta, a Kuiglin on Chakton Shokacha. Well, Anisha Tan Prevaimanak Sharavishi on Koda on Korla Mary Mulholland, Koshia Kindlin Fleen Plan. Well, I'm delighted to be joined by Mary Monholland from Kilkenny County Council. And Mary, I want to talk to you about the new anti-social uh, strategy that's been launched. But I suppose it's important to state at the outset that the vast majority of tenants are very well behaved. So I think that's something that is important to state at the outset. Absolutely, Nikki, and good morning to you and everybody else. Definitely, we have about 2,600 tenancies that are local authority tenancies around all around the county. And 
we would have around three to 400 reports of antisocial behaviour every year. So most definitely we're talking about a small majority. The problem is for us over the last 12 to 18 months that the severity of what people are enduring and what, in, what the antisocial behaviour entails is causing real hardship and distress to people. So it's, they're always complex situations. So that's why we needed to take some action and make sure we all knew what action was being taken. Yeah, well, I suppose that was going to be my next question. Why was such a policy necessary? And I suppose how prevalent is it in... in how is antisocial behaviour in Kilkenny? How prevalent is in the city and county at the moment? Well, certainly we would get, as I say, up to 400 complaints or people calling us with real issues. And for people to call us and say they're having terrible trouble with an antisocial behaviour problem, they usually have been enduring something for quite some time. The legislation says antisocial behaviour relates to things like drugs, violence, intimidation, uh, racism. A lot of our complaints relate to waste, where people are storing waste in their house, in their backyards, that results then in vermin. And the other thing we get a lot of complaints about are animals, where people would have a lot of dogs in their backyard. And sometimes when people ring us, they assume we know that. But when you're not out visiting houses on a regular basis, you wouldn't know this, that. So we do rely on people letting us know when there's an issue. And the earlier we know about it, the more effective we can be in preventing it from getting too, too serious. And in the current climate, I suppose, Mary, it even makes it more difficult to police that type of environment because uh, your staff cannot get out to, to, to see what's going on. Exactly. And previously we had one uh, tenant liaison officer covering the whole county and we had one tenant liaison officer dealing with traveller accommodation. So now we have three tenant liaison officers. So before the advent of COVID, we actually were getting more present on the ground and now we're less. But... Also, COVID has brought its own challenges, I think, with people spending more time at home where there are disputes between neighbours. They're a little bit more fraught. People are there all the time. And definitely waste has become an issue over the last six to ten months. It's a lot of things that contribute to this. But the, the point is we need to deal as best we can with it. And is there any particular type of antisocial behaviour that's more prevalent than, 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 than other things? I would say that calls that we get about waste where people don't have waste collection services and usually by the time people start to see a build-up of waste in the, in the garden or in the yard, there's already a build-up of waste inside the house. So we get a lot of calls about waste just not being managed correctly. So we deal with that pretty directly. The, the more difficult things to deal with are where there's allegations of violence or intimidation. Sometimes it's within the household and neighbours call because they can see disturbances going on and sometimes it's between households. For us to take action on things like that, we need to, to be fair and proportionate and we really need evidence of, of what's going on. So that can be quite a slow process. But in order to get that evidence, you, you might often be a person who's made the complaint. That's been done, obviously, in confidence, of course. But if you're to pursue the matter further, how does the complainant be brought into the process then? Okay, so that's one of the biggest issues for us, that people are very reluctant to make complaints because they don't want to end up in a situation where they're, they're letting us know about possible drug-related issues or intimidation, violence. They really do not want to put themselves in the position where they'd be given evidence in court or something like that. So the first thing that people need to know is that where complaints are made, we have a standard form for someone to make a complaint. 
and they can put on it that there's a choice that whether you want to do it in confidence or whether you're willing for your name to be put forward. What we usually would do with serious cases is engage with the Gardaí or with social services or other agencies of the state and we would share the information with those agencies. If we go down the route of getting into court, whether that's for a criminal case or for a case to repossess a house, local authority staff can present the evidence on behalf of the complainant where we feel that the person is would be threatened if they did so. So confidentiality is is a really key part to this and I'm happy that we can protect people's identity where they do not want it to be known. Because I can imagine when complaints are made and, and uh, your officer talks to the household of which the complaint is made about, I, I can imagine there's a big danger of intimidation of they may suspect a neighbour and intimidation can start even though it might not be the person who made the complaint. Absolutely and what we do not want is to make a bad situation worse. So there, there's a lot of training needed and a lot of judgment calls, but the reason why we have brought in this new strategy is we've always had an antisocial behaviour internally in the County Council, but the difference is that this strategy is how we best deal with the complex cases working with Angarda Síochána, Tusla, the Department of Social Protection and all the other agencies. And when you put all the information that different agencies have together, then you're more likely to build a bigger, a better picture and a more reliable picture and take the right action. So that's what this strategy is about, making sure that we all talk to each other, all the agencies, and make sure that we get it right. How are tenants that uh, your tenants that are out there, how are they going to be educated, if I use that term, as regards the new strategy? Because they need to know now what applies to them and new procedures the council is adopting. And by the way, I, I absolutely welcome this and I commend you and the council members for bringing this strategy forward. But how are you going to educate the people at whom it is aimed? Well, the first thing is that as we take in complaints, we're making people aware of the procedures of how to make complaints, which to me seems to have been the biggest barrier people letting us know what's going on before it, it's very serious. People are just nervous to let to make complaints. So the procedure will be available on our website. We will be writing to every tenancy during the year and we will be making them aware of the strategy, how they can look at it, what the various elements of it are. But the most important thing is we'll be circulating to people details of how to make a complaint and how to raise issues with us if they arise. Our tenant liaison officers around the county are very active on the ground and as soon as we can get out of lockdown and get out more, we'll be making people aware of it face to face where we have issues in estates because we do have an estate management process as well where we deal with residence associations and if we can get engaged at those levels I think it's better because it builds a community approach to dealing with antisocial behaviour. It's a matter of interest where you talked about earlier about the rubbish piling up and that yes. is there any facility where the council would collect that rubbish it brings for instance if uh, if people are in receipt of social welfare and cannot afford uh, to get the lorry to come in and collect the rubbish is there any facility within the council that would alleviate those difficulties for those people? Well I do think that every household has a responsibility to manage their own waste. I think there are facilities in the county, particularly in Dunmore, where you can dispose of waste really efficiently and at a very reasonable charge. A lot of the collection services operating around the county are also very reasonable. So where waste collects in a house, it's basically not acceptable. And if we do engage and get into the business of doing a clean-up operation, 
the cost of that will be recovered from the household. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. You, you mentioned earlier, Mary, the, the Gardaí, and of course Gardaí will be, as part of their duties, will be policing those areas, but it is important, obviously, that this whole strategy works in tandem with the Gardaí's own strategy for dealing in these situations. Well, definitely, and um, there's a huge crossover because nobody in a local authority, nobody in the housing office is going to be an expert on drug legislation or how to manage a situation where somebody rings up and says, Mary Mulholland in number two is dealing drugs. We're not equipped to deal with that on our own. The Gardaí are the experts. Likewise, if somebody calls us and says that, oh, there's a domestic violence situation at number 10, we're not experts in that area. So it's right and proper that we engage with the various agencies who are experts and we work with them. It's not just a case of punitive or bringing in restrictions or making people pay money for things. It's about supporting tenants to deal with issues that arise and about supporting the estate management so that everybody is is happy and comfortable in where they live. So it's not all about enforcement. It's about support as well in the many, many cases. So I note that the strategy is calling on voluntary housing bodies. Now there's been, there are 26 housing bodies in Kilkenny to put up an anti-social behaviour policy in place in their areas as well. Would it not be practical to ask them to adopt the policy that you and your colleagues have spent a lot of time coming together, that there is a, a uniform policy around the county and ask the voluntary bodies to adopt that as well? Well, a lot of the uh, approved housing bodies that operate in Kilkenny, and we have 26 of them in Kilkenny, a lot of those are national organisations like Respond, Oakley. They all have their own uh, antisocial behaviour policies and strategies, and they are, to a large extent, very effective. We can't, we don't have the authority to go in and say, I'd like you to have a different policy in Kilkenny to that which you have in every other county in the country. So... That there's a problem there but there shouldn't be an assumption made that just because an approved housing body has a different antisocial behaviour strategy that it's any less effective or doesn't work as well because in my experience all of the approved housing bodies operating in Kilkenny adopt the same attitude of dealing with ourselves dealing with on Garda Shikana and dealing with the HSE where an issue arises we are all aware of it and we're all aware of the action that's being taken. So there shouldn't be an assumption that just because they're not adopting this strategy, they have none, because they do, nor should there be an assumption that there's no action being taken, because I am aware of very effective action taken by a number of our approved housing bodies. Now, Mary, over the last, well, in recent times, probably for a long time, we've seen how inappropriate use of social media could well be a factor in the creation of antisocial behaviour. How is there anything in the strategy which looks at the whole area of the inappropriate use of social media? No, there isn't because it's not an area that we can impact on. It's something that is an issue for all the agencies and for our tenants and indeed for staff in the local authority because sometimes people don't apply any filter to what they put on social media and it can be hurtful and damaging and it can certainly drum up bad situations within estates but unfortunately we don't have any control over what is placed on social media all we can do where that arises is try and advise people to of the, the what could potentially happen as a result of what they put on it 
but we cannot make people take things down. Of course, I'm sure it's a matter it can get that part of the Gardaí remit as well as to if there's issues Absolutely. being created because of social media, it falls under their remit. Exactly, and in some cases where we have brought issues to the table with the other agencies on Gardaí Síochána have a role where uh, there may be incitement or issues like that or racial issues and in limited circumstances action can be taken but for us it would be one that would be outside of our control and I do think we need to to focus on drug issues, violence, racism, waste and animal issues and if we can have a more effective result from our interventions with those issues around our estates We'll be doing very well. Yeah, and I know this is a five-year strategy, and uh, is is it proposed that during the course of the of the five years that the strategy will be continually reviewed because other things may happen during the course of the five years? Well, most definitely, and the changes we've seen over the last twelve months, with even the categories or the types of calls that we're getting, it would just remind you that you must keep looking at what's going on and where you need to apply your resources. So. Now that we are measuring more effectively what calls we're getting in, where they're coming from and what kind of issues they're dealing with, we will be reporting on the actions in the strategy on a regular basis to the Strategic Policy Committee and to the full council. And then we'll be reviewing our strategy on an ongoing basis. We may need to include different agencies. We may need to prioritise different issues. And we'll have to keep that under constant review. Who has direct responsibility for overseeing the successful operation of the strategy within the council? Well, that would be me. But we do have now a team of staff who deal with estate management. We have our tenant liaison officers, three of those. We have a social worker. There's a whole team of people that get involved depending on what the issue is. So definitely our tenant liaison officers are the front line. They're the people who coordinate the actions, call meetings. But... Now that we are measuring what we do and we're measuring it in a, in a structured way and we have defined actions that we can see how we get on with, it'll be the tenant liaison officer and all the team in housing who deal with different issues reporting back to me to see how we get on and the Strategic Policy Committee having an input into how we change direction if we need to. Yeah, well look, it's an excellent policy. Before I let you go, Mary, as you quite rightly said during our chat here, extraordinary times you're in and you as director of services you must have you must find the whole scene very challenging because you can't be in the office every day you can't have access to all your staff every day face to face it must make the workings of the council for you and your colleagues that lot more challenging oh it definitely is nikki and it's challenging for everybody it's challenging for the customers it's challenging for the staff in the current level of restrictions the advice of government is if you can work from home, do work from home. So in many cases, we could close the door and everybody could work from home, but we're actually operating on a roster basis to have as few people as possible in the office, but there is someone in the office all the time to make sure that we deal with any calls that come in because it's winter time, people have issues with maintenance, people have issues with all kinds of things and we're there and we're available but unfortunately it's mostly over the phone which is difficult for frontline housing staff a lot of our work is connecting with people listening to people engaging with them and informing them of what they're entitled to what they can do 
and that that is more difficult and challenging over very, very very much so and uh, finally i suppose the the whole retail environment of kilkenny city and county has been hugely affected at this stage and that of course has knock-on impacts for the council then in terms of rates or your own income stream which which in fairness to you 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 need your income stream to support the different plans and activities that you have so there it's a really tough time for the retail environment it definitely is and the one thing i know that I concentrated on over Christmas was in my own head and personally we have to get it into our brains that we need to shop local. We've missed our shops, we've missed our local businesses and we need to realise that as soon as we can support them to get back into business we really need to do that and vote with our feet and I hope that everybody shops in Kilkenny and stay, keeps their pounds, shillings and pence there for the foreseeable to get everybody back on their feet. Absolutely, Mary. Well, Mary Holland, Director of Services at Kilkenny County Council. Thank you, Mary, for taking the time to talk to us. Well done on the report and uh, with the uh, successful implementation of it over the, over the coming years. And do stay safe, Mary, and we'll talk to you again sometime soon. Thanks, Nicky. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Yeah, the Vishin, uh, Mary Holland, Pre-Vimanox, Shalavishi, or Corla Conta Kilkenny, uh, be a kind lump. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Kyolagas Kora on Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. La Niklas O'Brenon. We all want to stay safe and protect each other from coronavirus. We do this by cleaning our hands, social distancing, and covering sneezes and coughs. We can also do this by wearing a face covering. Face coverings help prevent people who don't know they have the virus from spreading it to others. They should be worn anywhere it's difficult to stay two metres apart, like shops or public transport, or when visiting anyone who's more at risk. Wear a face covering. Stay safe. Protect each other. See hse.ie for more. Some of us are finding being outdoors hard. Keep in mind people with disabilities, including the visually impaired. Social distancing can pose real challenges, so just in case, offer support and step aside to give space. We're in this together. For more wellbeing advice, see gov.ie slash together, an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Yeah, Father Nashkadi Kyol August Korog, Sanisha Renlina Toshana Kalik, uh Bald and Parliament Europe Ireland Ireland Hass. Uh Fajgadi and Tarshan. August uh, August winter, August August Sean, good to have you on. And I suppose uh, we we haven't spoken to you, Sean, Sean, since you had a a sadness in your family uh, towards the back end of last year, the death of your mother. So condolences from us all, from myself, from Red, and from all of us here. It made twenty twenty an even more difficult for you and your family. Yeah, thank you, Nicky. It was uh, difficult, all right, especially saying goodbye to your mother. She was living here with myself and Juliet. Thankfully, she had a very peaceful death, and uh, the carers and everybody were wonderful. Uh, Juliet minded her very carefully, and uh, the family were able to come and go. And she was 96 years of age, and it's her wish that she would die here. And thankfully, she had that wish, and she had a good life. And today, she had her uh, full senses right up until the end. So can't complain from that point of view. Sure, well, we, we send our condolences again up. Sean, we'll obviously talk about uh, COVID maybe later on, but let's start with the European Parliament and Brexit. And uh, what is it like working from home, Sean, and not, not in Strasbourg or in Brussels? Or are you managing to get out there at all, or is, is travel just off the agenda now? Uh, I've only been out twice since last March, and on uh, those occasions, I went out and I stayed for a couple of weeks, and then came home and I had to obviously restrict my movements. 
uh, it's uh, pretty difficult at the same time because the nature of politics is about engaging with people and especially when you are uh, we say in charge of various pieces of legislation uh, you can only do everything now only through Zoom etc and uh, it's obviously out you cannot meet various stakeholders but we make the most of it and uh, we do our best the big problem I find with it is that uh, we can never be 100% sure of the connection. Maybe your connection or the connections from others. So you're always saying, can you hear me? Can you see me? All these kinds of things. But uh, hopefully now, things might be looking up and we might get back there again. So, so you're telling me that your colleagues in Europe have the same challenges with broadband as we have? They do what they are. Continental go to Brussels, they can drive and they can go back again. And they don't seem to be as restricted as we are. I think it's the fact that that obviously has a uh, more engagement with people in terms of being closer in the airports and the planes and so forth. But uh, some do. Some do have difficulty, difficulty in connection, you can see it. Uh, quite a lot, especially in Eastern Europe. I've noticed it, but... It has to be more challenging to work on the business of what you're elected to do to deal with the parliamentary business, the opportunity to meet uh, some of the executive from the, uh, from the European Parliament and discuss matters with them. That, that must become a lot more difficult now. So keeping your constituents up to date with matters uh, must be an awful lot tougher in this environment. Yes, much tougher. Uh, you you have to rely essentially on uh, social media and um, maybe general media like yourself there, no Nikki as well, and also occasional newsletters, which obviously the opportunity to people to visit schools, to visit businesses, to see what they're doing. And representing properly is obviously more difficult always. Right? Well, now Brexit has taken place because the last time we were talking to you, we were talking about the challenges of Brexit. It has now taken place. Britain have left the European Union and they're on their own, and we might touch on that in a moment. But I suppose one of the things that struck me, Sean, was the, the great unanimity among the other European 27 on Brexit, right to the finish. Uh, how did that manage to stick together, given that, for example, Poland and Hungary, they were kind of uneasy partners in the whole thing there. There's a bit of edge in both of those countries. Yes, but I think in relation to Brexit, they all stood firm, and uh, I think that really surprised the British Number one, they thought when they'd leave, the country would be coming up to leave the European Union. Because I must remember, many of the UK people, they just didn't want the United Kingdom out of the European Union. They wanted the European Union to break up. And uh, initially, when we were discussing, especially the question of uh, no border in Ireland, uh, no hard border in Ireland, uh, the British, that summer, they went on a diplomatic mission all around Europe and they came back with their tails between their legs because uh, the whole, as I said, 27 stood together and they said that the negotiations were going to happen on a European level. There was no, no such thing as a bilateral arrangement and I think that uh, helped us, especially in relation to the Northern situation and they together, as you said, right at the end. I think it was just 
Most people never thought Brexit would happen, and I think they felt it was a step too far. And for that reason, they weren't going to make it easier for the British, and they didn't want to be encouraging maybe uh, people in their own country to be following suit as well. And I think one lesson we have learned from it is that uh, Brexit has been a lot of trouble for for the Brits and for everybody. And I think as bad and all that maybe as people would find the European Union, even though I might agree with them, sticking together is probably far better than leaving. And Sean, I, I imagine you probably, uh, like people like myself, would have read the various documents relating to Brexit, but we're already seeing at least perceived issues around food shortages in various places, issues around fishing and where Irish ports can offload their catches, delays in parcel post, we now have direct sailings from Ireland to Europe bypassing Britain, we see in the last couple of days impact on Irish horses travelling to compete in Britain. Is there a facility within the agreement, Sean, that, that addendums can be made to 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 sort out these issues which to be fair that sort of detail they wouldn't have necessarily gone into it at the time they were drawing up the agreement but does the agreement have scope for allowing uh, some alterations from a practical perspective well from a practical perspective that's correct there are committees set up to see how matters are working out but I think one of the problems Nicky is that many people thought that once a deal was done everything would be the same as before. And they didn't allow for the fact that the European, or the United Kingdom would leave in the European Union, especially the single market and the customs union. So there had to be checks, there had to be certifications. And some of the problems that have arisen, people are going to have to look at them because they can't go back to what it was before. You just have to have the checks, you have to have the certification, you just have the, the custom officers because they're, they're a third country. But uh, some others uh, can be sorted out, I think, especially speeded up when people get into the groove and understand what's going on. And uh, I think that's what we'll be seeing, speeding up rather than uh, an actual elimination of some of the rules that have come in. Because uh, Michel Barnum made this point to me uh, when I brought this up with him last week. He said, you must remember, he said that they have left the union and things had to change and we tried to keep the changes to minimum but uh, you're right there are committees there to be looking at these things and how they operate and how they can help it alleviate the problems. And how are Europe, the people in Europe, you mentioned Michel Barnier there, the chief negotiators, but how are others within the Parliament, how are they viewing Britain at this stage, John? Well, I think they're glad that the Brexit is finalised. I think the more sensible of them would say, listen, look, they were part of the European Union for 48 years. They're our nearest neighbour. They're the sixth biggest economy in the world. We're better off to be getting on with them rather than fighting with them. But they want to leave, so I think they're glad it's over. Now everyone's to get on with it. But they're also, uh, I think, disappointed, particularly with the attitude of the British to things we'll say like Erasmus. Erasmus is a programme where students uh, study in another country uh, in Europe uh, and get paid and so forth. Britain were offered to be part of that as part of the deal. They refused this. And uh, that means that there's about 126,000 students from the United Kingdom that cannot go abroad to study now, and about 100,000 students from the European Union uh, who would be going to the United Kingdom. So things like that, I would say, I would think it was a small bit 
uh, short-sighted. But, you know, I think, Nicky, one of the reasons is that uh, young people, the referendum voted actually to stay in the European Union and uh, the Conservative Party and the British government, especially the Home Office, were conscious of that. And I think they wanted to cut off any opportunities for them to be in Europe directly and maybe coming back with pro-European views and maybe wanting to rejoin or something like that. Yeah, but I imagine you welcome the move by the Irish government to support the young people from uh, Northern Ireland who wish to continue in the Erasmus programme. Yeah, I think that was fantastic. And I think we as a country take credit for it, you know, because we says, okay, the Kingdom won't allow or pay to be part of the Erasmus programme to allow the young people in Northern Ireland to study in the European Union. The Irish government said, we contribute what's required to do it. That enables them all uh, students from Northern Ireland be the nationalist or our background I think that's a very good thing and we can be pleased about it. Yeah, Sean I, I see them, I can see myself issues arising in the months and years ahead around financial services which really got minimum mentioned in the withdrawal agreement and that, and that is a huge portion of, uh, of of Britain's activity And this isn't finalised at all yet uh, they have to discuss that and come to an arrangement and you're absolutely right while a lot of the focus and the noise was about fisheries and so forth, that's minuscule in terms of the European economy compared to financial services. So they will have to work out an agreement on that, and that's going to be very, very important because, as you said, financial services are huge. It's a growing area. London has been really the hub of it. But now that they're out of the European Union, it's going to actually affect them big time so I think they'll be looking for some kind of arrangement on that of which the commissioners are now negotiating with them about and will do for the next couple of months. I can well imagine. Sean, would would Scotland be welcome back into the European Union if they won an independence vote? Yes and that was made very clear when the United Kingdom were leaving the one thing they said was to the Scots because there were Scottish MEPs there they said if you ever want to come back you'd be welcome and we'll make it easy for you as well. Uh, that's, uh, that's good. Okay, this week is a, a, a huge week in global politics because Joe Biden becomes the US President. What does that mean for Europe, Sean, and I suppose Ireland as well? Yeah, I think the whole atmosphere has changed. It's uh, very welcome because uh, Donald Trump went kind of isolationist. America first, America only, and it led to a lot of tensions in trade and other areas. And even though he had a lot of support in the United States for that, it wasn't the best from national point of view. And the European Union in particular, he, he didn't like the European Union. And I think we, that was one of the reasons I think we saw Boris Johnson wanting to have a deal uh, in December when he saw that uh, Donald Trump wasn't reelected. So he, he, he couldn't uh, isolate both. But uh, Joe Biden, particularly uh, with his proud Irish roots, I think he said to Mihan, to Martin, uh, invited him to Ireland, he said, you just try and <laughs> which was interesting. But uh, already uh, negotiations and discussions are taking place at the highest level between the US, incoming US administration, Joe Biden, and the European Union, and there will be debate on that 
Uh, just coming in Parliament. And I imagine, uh, you know, getting a good solid trade deal is, is paramount there, certainly getting one, and I imagine Europe will get in ahead of Britain from Africa in that regard. Yeah, you see, they were took a deal before uh, Donald Trump took over, and he put a stop to it. It was called TTIP. Now I think they would look at, obviously, uh, re uh, getting that thing going again and see how it will play out. But definitely the trade relations will be better because under Donald Trump, rather than having an agreement, uh, there were sanctions and so forth, and that affected some Irish products. Even though, in fairness to him, uh, he made more exceptions for Ireland than anyone else, and I think that's something that we have to be thankful for. But now, of course, it's better to have an arrangement at European level between us and the United States, and hopefully that will happen now under Joe Biden's administration. Well, today, Sean, in Germany, is a huge day that will uh, no doubt have an impact on uh, Europe eventually, because um, Germany's Angela Merkel, her party, the CDUs, they elect a successor to her. Now, the, the successor today may not necessarily be the next Chancellor, but one way or the other, Angela Merkel will step off the Europeans and German stage in September. That would leave Macron of France as the most powerful voice in Europe. Merkel has been a fairly good ally of Ireland, so what will her departure mean from an Irish perspective? I think uh, Angela Merkel was probably the best and steadiest leader the world has had in the last 20 or 30 years. She really has been fantastic. She went about her business in a very quiet, dignified way. She wasn't looking for publicity or sound bites. And even the Brexit deal, I know that she played a crucial part in that behind the scenes. And she wouldn't be getting any credit for it. But they had the, the rotating presidency of the European Union for the last six months. We wouldn't have had got the uh, budget. And the recovery fund of 750 billion through. Uh, there were four or five countries that were totally against it but she knocked her heads together and got it over the line. And she was very good to Ireland from the very beginning of the, the crisis going back 10 years ago. She was very helpful to Ireland. I know that from speaking to India Kenny, she was very supportive uh, of him and the Irish government at the time. And uh, she was solid and sound until we had to replicate uh, what she brought. Hopefully they will get a good leader of that kind, but it's very important to have somebody who would be looking at it from the same perspective as Angela Merkel from a European perspective rather than just a German perspective because they are the most powerful country in the European Union. Absolutely. And if they were to become kind of nationalistic, then that would have serious repercussions. Sean, on COVID-19, of course, it's its impact financially and on the economies of Europe and Ireland, and indeed globally, is going to be huge. It, it is going to take the world, and we're talking specifically about Europe and Ireland here, it's going to take us some time to recover, and there will ha while we're looking for getting support from all sorts of areas, reality of it is, is the, the bills are going to have to be paid at some stage. That is true, and a lot of people aren't conscious of that. But uh, the only thing, in fairness, against the European Union that have put in place uh, measures to pay it, starting about 2026 to 2028. They hope to raise new taxes, digital border mechanisms, and so forth. And I think uh, the citizens certainly won't be encumbered like we were with the bailouts. And also, I think, Nicky, once we get over COVID, which we will now, please God, with the vaccines on stream, 
the recovery I think will be pretty quick because there was no underlying problems other than having to close down businesses that uh, was at stake. Obviously, individual businesses will go to the wall, unfortunately, many of them, because they weren't able to keep going. They hadn't the cash flow, etc. But uh, overall, once you get over it, the economy opened up again. I think there will be a pretty quick recovery, and that in itself will help them to generate finance as well. Okay, we only, as bad as the we, only ha- we only have a, a minute left, Sean, but obviously the, the hat we both wore, the GA has, it's a, it's a challenging time for all sport, I suppose, the GA is close to our heart. It's still 2021. Hopefully it will be better, but it's still going to be a tough time. This is going to be tough, in fairness. I think the GA have handled things very well. They gave us uh, great uh, support, and they also gave us great moments coming up to Christmas, watching the games, hurling, football and so forth. was wonderful. And uh, hopefully now we'll get back to business again, because if we didn't have the games, uh, life wouldn't be worth living hardly for a lot of people. It means so much to so many the voluntary effort, the huge effort, really, not only by uh, the inter-county players, but also the club players, the officials, the volunteers. It's fantastic. Nicky, we're very proud of it and hopefully we'll be back in operation very soon. Absolutely. Well, look, Sean, I want to thank you for talking to us and I'm sure you're looking forward along with your rest of your uh, colleagues um, heading into around Ireland South, meeting your constituents and attending events and that. I'm sure you, you can't wait for that to happen. Can't wait for it to happen. We're getting itchy feet now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, at the main thing anyway is to uh, stay safe down there in Killarney and uh, good wishes and best of luck for 2021 to you, Juliet, and the family. And uh, we'll get you on to talk more um, European matters in a few months' time and to keep constituencies, uh, your, your constituents informed in this area of what's actually going on. Thank you very much, Nicky. Thank you, Okay, thanks, bye. Okay, the Beshin, Sean Kelly, Baldwin, Parliament, Europe, or Era Haas. Well, Shin Dara, Dunclaw, Dunlaw, New, Mobuikas, the Sam Irie Chadwicks, Augustine, Shalok Deshta, Augustine, Bear, and Clar, Omar Majin. Thanks to everybody who. Uh, was with me this morning on the programme and to you our listeners of course and to our sponsor Sam Hire each week. So Fanigiling Markbell Heidi Good at Chocolate Spiritual Life to Rest Nukta. Heidi will be on after ten o'clock uh, with the news. August uh Big Ocrela on Clarsho or Rally of Public Harkle Kenig. Uh Toshir Gotloon Air Erin Eightlock. August Goody and Saturn Chokuing or Kyologoscora Slan August Bannacht. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City eighty eight point seven FM.